with a Ghana card, one constituency, one ambulance, zip line drones, agenda 111, the Sino Hydro Barter Agreement, provision of hydro oxyurea for sickle cell patients, Zongo Development Fund, the Bank of Ghana Gold Pages Program, the Gold for Oil Policy, abolishing the filling of embarkation cards, Go Ride Taxi Service, the system to tackle ghost names on the public payroll and many more. It is to note that many of the transformational policy initiatives we have introduced since 2017 are being done for the first time since independence. What is interesting is that because many of them have not been done before, many people who think in terms of impossibility argue that they were not possible, but we have made them possible. <laughs> Criticisms. Criticisms and name-calling eventually gave way to reality, as the nation is greatly benefiting from these initiatives. What we have been able to accomplish so far shows that it is possible for Ghana to achieve many things that some believe to be impossible. It is possible if we put our minds to it. We need to break the shackles of impossibility and embrace the mindset of possibility. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I now come to my vision. Ladies and gentlemen, as, as vice president, I am like a driver's mate. But by the grace of God, if you make me the president, I will be in the driver's seat with constitutional... I will be in the driver's seat with constitutionally mandated authority my vision and my priorities. So what do I want to do in terms of vision and priorities and policies if you give me the opportunity by the grace of God to become president of the Republic of Ghana? Ladies and gentlemen, in this regard, I have been, I have been engaged in a lot of consultation and doing a lot of thinking in the last few months about the lessons of the last seven years, as well as my vision and priorities as I seek to become President of the Republic of Ghana. Clearly, the initial conditions that we inherited in 2017 are not the same as will be in 2025. Therefore, my priorities will be different. We have done many good things and I will be seeking to build upon them. My vision, ladies and gentlemen, is to create a tent big enough to accommodate all our people, to tap into the resourcefulness and talents of our people, irrespective of our different ethnic, political, and religious backgrounds, to channel our energies into building the kind of country that assures 
food, self-sufficient, safe, prosperous, and a dignified future for all Ghanaians. <laughs> to create sustainable jobs with meaningful pay for all and for Ghana to participate fully in the fourth industrial revolution using systems and data. To realize this vision, we must have a mindset of possibilities and not impossibilities. The challenges we must overcome as a country are too important to let our political differences derail us. There is a critical failure of mindset that manifests itself in the absence of core values, patriotism, and principles within our society. We, we need to invigorate the can-do spirit of the Ghanaian, to believe that we can do better than we have ever imagined if we put our minds to it. For example, our students from Mamfi Girls Senior High School and Prempe College have won international robotic competitions against their peers in the US, Germany, and South Korea. We must apply the same mindset of beating the world in robotics, singathons, and cookathons to every sphere of economic activity. We must believe we must believe that it is possible. This must be inculcated in our children from home and in school. This is why we are going to introduce a growth mindset curriculum in our schools to help students build critical skills such as problem solving, risk taking, opportunity spotting, and design thinking. Ladies and gentlemen, in the area of macroeconomic stability, a major goal of my government would be to sustain and sustain macroeconomic stability with low inflation, low interest rates, exchange rate stability, and low budget deficits. In terms of prudently managing our expenditures, to reduce the budget deficit and interest rates my government will enhance fiscal discipline through an independent fiscal responsibility council enshrined in the Fiscal Responsibility Act 2018, Act 982. The Fiscal Responsibility Act will also be amended to add a fiscal rule that requires that budgeted expenditure in any year does not exceed 105% of the previous year's tax revenue. This will, be, this will prevent the experience of budgetary expenditures based on optimistic revenue forecasts, which many a time do not materialize. Ladies and gentlemen, furthermore, my government will reduce the fiscal burden on government by leveraging the private sector. Under the two-term administration of my boss, His Excellency Nanado Dankwa Kufuado's government, we have put in place many social safety nets, like free SHS, free TVET, and so on. With all these 
social safety nets in place, my government will now focus on jobs and wealth creation by the private sector for all Ghanaians. My administration. <laughs> Thank you. Will incentivize the private sector to complement government in the provision of many infrastructure and other services to reduce government expenditure and improve maintenance. The private sector will be encouraged to build roads, schools, hostels, and houses for government to rent or lease to home. The demand for roads construction is massive, and this has historically placed a huge burden on the budget. I believe that the private sector should finance the construction and maintenance of roads through PPP concession arrangements. Also, the government will move towards leasing rather than purchasing vehicles, printing equipment, and so on. The private sector will have the responsibility for maintaining the vehicles and the equipment. With this approach, government can save very significant outright cash out expenditure annually from, um, from various items across different ministries, departments, and agencies. This policy will energize the private sector and create many jobs, enhancing the role of the private sector along with fiscal and administrative decentralization, improving our systems and the way our institutions function will lead to greater efficiency, cutting waste and ensuring value for money in procurement. The move towards private sector provision of many public services would create the fiscal space of at least 3% of GDP annually. This represents a major paradigm shift. Additionally, an efficient system of government will require even fewer ministers. I would have, therefore, no more than 50 ministers and deputy ministers. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about our tax system. To increase government tax revenue, we have to reform and refocus the Ghana Revenue Authority towards broadening the tax base. Unfortunately, the pressure that is placed on GRA staff to collect revenues makes them focus on existing tax base. Sometimes, they even have to go and sit in people's shops to monitor sales a process known as invigilation. In fact, many businesses feel harassed by this process and the constant audits of their operations. So this has to stop. We must strike the right balance between collecting revenue and allowing businesses to thrive. Our job is to protect the productive forces. The World Bank has estimated 
that revenues amounting to 13% of GDP, that is 24 billion US dollars in 2023, are not collected because people are outside the tax net. Half or a quarter of this annual constitute 98% of all businesses in Ghana with appropriate exemption threshold to set for to protect the poor. With a new flat tax regime, a tax return should be able to be completed in just a few minutes. We will also simplify our complicated corporate tax system and VAT regime. To start the new tax system on a clean slate, my government will provide a tax amnesty that is a complete exemption from payment of taxes for a specified period and waiving the interest and penalties up to a certain year to individuals and businesses for failures to file taxes in previous years so that everybody will start afresh. Tax digitalization will be implemented across all aspects of tax administration. Everyone will be required to file a very simple tax return electronically through their mobile phone or computer. There will be no manual or paper filing of taxes under my administration. Assessments by GRA will also be faceless. Faceless assessments will provide transparency and accountability. There will be no need to send GRA to officers to go and sit in shops. E-invoicing as being implemented by the GRA will be extended to all companies. Estonia, India, and Mexico provide very useful models for Ghana in the area of tax digitalization. Ladies and gentlemen, in addition, any audits 
by GRA will also be done electronically and facelessly. Furthermore, no entity will be audited more than once in five years unless anomalies are detected which the individual or company does not correct after being given the opportunity to do so. We will amend the law so that if there is a dispute about tax assessment, a binding arbitration will take place through a body constituted by institutions such as the Ghana Arbitration Center, Institute of Taxation, AGI, Institute of Chartered Accountants, Private Enterprise Foundation, Ghana Employers Association, and so on, with a mandate to resolve any appeal in a maximum of three months. This will not affect companies, however, who by their agreements have such arbitrations taking place in international jurisdictions. Ladies and gentlemen, with cuts in government expenditure, the private sector undertaking expenditure that would normally be done by government, and the new tax regime, the flat tax regime, that will enhance compliance, broaden the tax breaks, and increase tax revenue. With these policies, the situation we are going to face in 2025 is going to be very different from the situation we faced in 2020 and 2022. With the policy measures implemented so far, we have outperformed the IMF fiscal deficit target of 5% by attaining a fiscal deficit target of 4.2% in 2023. The new policies that I am proposing to implement in 2025 will give us the fiscal space to eliminate uh, tax, some taxes, such as the proposed VAT on electricity, if they are still on the books, the emissions tax, and the betting tax without compromising our fiscal deficit. This, ladies and gentlemen, I want to build a Ghana where we leverage technology, data, and systems for inclusive economic growth. I want us to apply digital technology, STEM, robotics, and artificial intelligence for the transformation of agriculture, healthcare, education, manufacturing, fintech, and public service delivery. As part of this process, it is my goal to eliminate digital divide by achieving close to 100% internet penetration in Ghana. We have already made significant progress in this direction by increasing internet penetration from 34% in 2016 to 72% in 2023. So we've more than doubled internet penetration. The task in the next four years is to move from 72% to close to 100% internet penetration. It is possible. I want to see Ghana build the digital talent that we require for the fourth industrial revolution. This will mean providing digital and software skills to hundreds and thousands of youth. This, along with other policies, will create jobs for the youth including school dropouts. In collaboration with the private sector, we will train at least one million youth in IT skills, including software developers, to provide job opportunities worldwide. Generally, 
there will be an enhanced focus on TVET education. My government will also support the establishment of a national open university, Ghana, in collaboration with the private sector, with a focus on technical and vocational skills, NICT. Ladies and gentlemen, to help our youth get jobs, I believe it is time to rethink the concept of the current national service scheme. My government will propose that those who, after completion of their education, can secure jobs will be exempted from national service. <laughs> national service will no longer be mandatory, and students will have the option to decide whether to do national service or not. This will also encourage companies to go to the campuses to recruit annually. This time they don't go because of national service. Ladies and gentlemen, to prepare our children for the fourth industrial revolution workplace, I will enhance the repositioning of the education system towards STEM, robotics, artificial intelligence, and vocational skills to cope with the demands of the fourth industrial revolution and job creation. My government will make coding and robotics standard in senior high school. The foundation for this is being laid with the provision of laptops to senior high school students very soon. Teachers have already been given the requisite training. Following the senior high school, we will also implement a one student, one laptops policy for tertiary students through the provision of a zero. Become a digital hub in Africa. Ghana's telecom industry needs more investment. The cost of data for the ordinary Ghanaian has become too expensive. It goes against the very ethos of our digitalization journey. The industry cannot continue to operate at the efficiency and pricing levels of the least efficient operators. The focus has to be on the best efficiency and pricing for the consumer. I commit to working with the industry players in setting clear policy guidelines that will remove any investor uncertainty and difficulties in business planning, including the expeditious allocation of spectrum, driven more by the goal of enhancing digital inclusion and less by revenue consideration. Another area I want to tackle is reducing the cost of living. Ladies and gentlemen, a major priority of my government will be to reduce the cost of living. The cost of living in the world has increased massively following the COVID pandemic and the Russia-Ukraine war. Global inflation has increased from 1.55% in 2016 to 8.7% at the end of 2022. That is average. This is a five-fold increase. In particular, the increase in the cost of living has been driven by increases in food prices, energy prices, housing rents, and transport prices. Therefore, any attempt to reduce the cost of living on a sustainable basis 
must tackle agriculture, energy, housing, and transport prices. And that is exactly what I am going to do. I want a Ghana where we attain food security through the application of technology and irrigation to commercial large-scale farming. We will also promote the use of agricultural lime to reduce the acidity of our soils, we enhance soil fertility, and get more yield from the application of fertilizer. Ghana has an abundance of limestone to do this. I will also prioritize the construction of the Pualugu Dam by using private sector financing to crowd in grant financing. My administration will also work to reduce the cost of public transport between 30 and 40 percent with the adoption of electric vehicles for public transportation. The public transport pricing formula is dominated by two variables, the price of fuel and the price of spare parts. Electric vehicles do not use petrol or diesel, and the spare parts are minimal. That is what will bring down the fares for electric vehicles. And the constant and large increases of fares that we have been witnesses will become a thing of the past. Under a housing for all policy, I will also have a major focus on the provision of public housing in the same manner that Singapore did. We will partner with the private sector to build large housing estates as we have started doing without the government having to borrow or spend. Also, the National Rental Assistance Scheme, which is working so well, will be enhanced to deal with the problem of demands for rent advance of two years and more. Ladies and gentlemen, as part of the effort to reduce the cost of living, my government will implement policies to have energy self-sufficiency at reduced cost through solar and other renewables with the application of market efficiency to the energy market. We will diversify the generation mix by introducing 2,000 megawatts of solar power and additional wind power through independent power producers to reduce our dependence on oil and gas by the end of my first term in office. our dependence on oil and gas by the end of my first term in office. Introducing solar power will significantly reduce the cost of electricity. The fact that the current residential, commercial, and industrial consumers' power is still neither reliable nor competitive is the testament that the regulatory and administrative measures so far implemented have not fully achieved the objectives we have set for ourselves in dealing with the legacy issues we inherited. Therefore, like the telecom market, we shall work to bring efficiency of markets and expand competition 
from the more private sector participation in generation and retail. With reliable and cost-competitive power, we will attract more manufacturing capacity into the country, create jobs, improve services, export more products, and support our AFCFTA strategy to improve the participation of Ghanaian industries in intra-African exports and trade. Ladies and gentlemen, to assist in the transition to green energy, my government will abolish import duty on solar panels so that we can bring in more. I now turn to our natural resources. Ladies and gentlemen, as president, I will usher into Ghana a golden age for the maximization of the benefits from our natural resources like gold, lithium, bauxite, and so on. The key to doing this is value addition and Ghanaian ownership. We need a new paradigm in natural resource contracts. Some of the key policies I will implement to maximize our benefits from our natural resources will include the formalization, regularization, and regulation of environmentally sustainable small-scale mining. About one million people are engaged in small-scale mining in Ghana. Our goal would be to help grow small-scale mining companies into large-scale companies with capacity building and assisting them to access finance for acquiring equipment. We intend to create many millionaires in the small-scale mining industries. My government will support the Minerals Commission and key stakeholders to formalize the artisanal and small-scale gold mining sector with the objective of ensuring that activities of the entire value chain are sustainably and responsibly done so that most of the gold produced by this sector can be sold to the Bank of Ghana and be eligible to be part of Ghana's gold reserves at the central bank. In line with this, we will license all miners doing responsible mining. District mining committees, including the chiefs, will provide initial temporary licenses to the miners. As long as miners mine within the limits of their licenses, that is, no mining in river bodies and so on, as long as they mine within the limits of their licenses, there will no longer be any seizure or burning of excavators. I will fully decentralize the Minerals Commission as well as the Environmental Protection Agency and, and ensure that they are all present in mining districts. Every Ghanaian small-scale mining operator will register under the Ghana Small-Scale Miners Association with their Ghana car. We will, in collaboration with the large mining companies, convert abandoned shafts into community mining schemes, and we will open more and new community mining schemes. District mining committees should, would be responsible 
for reclamation and replanting. And we will institute a pension scheme for small-scale miners like we have done for cuckoo farms. We will introduce vocational and skills training on sustainable mining for small-scale miners in the curriculum of TVET institutions and provide equipment to government authorities in the mining communities to undertake reclamation of land. Ladies and gentlemen, we will also set up a state-of-the-art state of common-user gold processing units in mining districts in collaboration with the private sector. My government will also conduct an audit of all concessions with various licenses and new applications. This will allow government to know licenses that have expired and non-compliance with licensing conditions. To encourage exploration, I will abolish the VAT on exploration services, like I say, to encourage more exploration. We will establish, a, in collaboration with the private sector, a minerals development bank. Just as we have a great development bank for agriculture, we will have a minerals development bank for the miners to support the industry. We will establish through the private sector the London Bullion Market Association Certified Gold Refinery in Ghana within four years. And all responsibly mined small-scale gold produced will be sold to the Central Bank, the PMMC, or the Minerals and Income Investment Fund, MIF, and will be required all the small-scale gold mined in Ghana, there will be a requirement that they are refined before they leave Ghana. We'll have to refine them before. Ladies and gentlemen, the increase in Ghana's gold reserves to support the city. Ladies and gentlemen, a major factor influencing macroeconomic stability is the consistent depreciation of the city against foreign currencies. This is usually caused by pressure on our foreign exchange reserves. Appreciably, increasing our reserves of gold at the central bank, combined with prudent fiscal policy, is therefore one of the surest ways to keep the exchange rate stable. Two policies that helped to rescue the economy from catastrophe in the recent crisis were the Bank of Ghana's gold purchase program and the gold for oil program. The domestic gold purchase program of the Bank of Ghana is a program where the central bank boosts its foreign exchange reserves by buying locally produced gold with cities. Before this program, the total of Ghana's gold reserves since independence was 8.7 tons. That's the total we held since independence. This compares to 3,352 tons for Germany, 2,814 tons for the IMF, 2,451 tons for Italy, and 8,133 tons for the United States. It did not make sense to me that Ghana, the largest gold producer in Africa, will have some of the slowest holdings of gold reserves in the world. So I proposed to the Bank of Ghana to start a gold purchase program. The gold for oil program, on the other hand, allows the payment for oil imports with gold. 
So importers provide CDs which the Bank of Ghana uses to buy gold and pays the suppliers of the oil. This reduces the pressure on Ghana's foreign exchange reserves and stabilizes the rate. Ladies and gentlemen, it will interest you to know that since this program started, the Bank of Ghana has purchased 26 tons of gold at $1.73 billion. The government of Ghana gold for oil program, which also started in late December 2022, has purchased 16 tons of gold at $1.06 billion that has been available for the import of petroleum products. Together, the gold for reserves and the gold for oil programs have unlocked $2.79 billion to meet external payments of the country in just over a year. These two policies have allowed us to build foreign exchange reserves and pay for critical imports like fuel, stabilize the exchange, and stabilize the exchange rate. It is important to note that the 2.7 billion that we have unlocked is almost equivalent to the $3 billion loan that we have obtained from the IMF, which is going to be disbursed over three years. What is clear to me is that if we had started implementing these policies, say, 20 years ago, Ghana would be in a very different situation today. But it is never too late, and we have started, and we will continue. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, given the large amount of gold reserves Ghana has, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Ghana has seven large gold belts, strengthened from Axim and Winneba to Nangodi and Laura. According to the Geological Survey Department, the belts cover an area of 43,000 square kilometers, with about 50%, that is 21,000 kilometers, not yet explored. The conservative estimate is that the potential quantum of gold in these unexplored belts is around 5 billion ounces. This has a market value today of 10 trillion US dollars. My government will engage exploration experts from the universities and the geological institutions to assist in exploring our seven gold belts. However, if even only 5% of the 5 billion ounce estimate materialize, only 5%, it will be a game changer for Ghana. My government will provide the Geological Survey Department and our universities with resources annually to undertake a mapping of areas where we have gold reserves. As a matter of policy, we will legislate that concessions in areas with proven gold reserves that we'll find, 100% of those concessions will be given to Ghanaians and, and, uh, for, for operations. We can easily raise the capital required and hire the expertise once the gold reserves are proven. 
Our policy will be to build Ghana's gold reserves appreciably to reach a point where we have sufficient gold reserves to keep the, our external payments position sustainably strong. This along with a supportive, with su supportive fiscal discipline will provide long-term stability for the exchange rate of the city and at the same time reduce our dependence on the eurobond market for finance. I believe that the maximization of the benefits from our natural resources will help create jobs, improve livelihoods, and also improve the conditions of service of Ghanaian workers. I now come to industry, industrialization. Ladies and gentlemen, I will continue our policy of industrialization in areas such as agro-processing, cocoa, cashew, share nuts, and so on. Salt, gold, lithium, refining, and manufacture of batteries and automobile assembly in ma and manufacture. And also empower lo the local business sector, especially startups and SMEs, to drive investment and growth in Ghana. That's significantly boosting job creation. We must also protect local industry from smuggled imports that evade import duties. Ladies and gentlemen, special economic zones will be created. These are the free zones in collaboration with the private sector at Ghana's major border towns, such as Aflao, Paga, Elubu, Sankase, and Tatale, to enhance economic activity, increase exports, and reduce smuggling and create jobs. Temaport will be fully automated and benchmarked to be as efficient as some of the best ports in the world, like Hong Kong, Singapore, and Dubai. Also, there will be a new policy of aligning import duties and charges at the Tema port to the import duties and charges at the Lomi port in Togo. Uh, which is Bua. Togo Lomi is our main competitor. This will reduce smuggling and tax avoidance. Also, for spare parts importers, duties will be at a flat rate per container, 20 foot or 40 foot, and that is what we are going to do. Ladies and gentlemen, let us now move to dealing with corruption. I entered politics to serve the nation. My passion is solving problems. My passion is helping the poor, the vulnerable, and the disadvantaged in society. Accumulation of wealth is not and has never been a passion or an ambition. This is why throughout my public life, I have pursued policies, especially through digitalization, to check corruption in places like the ports, the DVLA, the NHIS, the passport office, and the controller and accountant general department. So I have a solid track record in fighting corruption, and I have earned a reputation for doing so. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the most potent weapons against corruption is transparency. Many, many corrupt activities are cash-based. 
apart from the obvious economic benefits of moving in the direction of a cashless society, the literature does indicate that the more electronic payments are used in transactions as opposed to cash, the more there is traceability and therefore the less the corruption. I would like to bring Ghana close to a cashless economy in the shortest possible time. So far, the Bank of Ghana has made a lot of progress in this direction by putting in place a lot of the systems and infrastructure required. These include mobile money interoperability, merchant interoperability, the universal QR code system, GH-Link, debit cards, e-switch, and Ghana Pay. We have put in place the necessary infrastructure for Ghana to go cashless. Recently, the Bank of Ghana has completed a pilot of a digital version of the Ghana City in Seshiwiyoso. This is known as the Central Bank Digital Currency, or the ECD. The ECD is designed to work online and offline and will be launched by the Bank of Ghana in due course. In my humble opinion, the ECD with appropriate privacy protections will be the ultimate weapon in our fight against corruption because it will provide transparency, reduce the risk of fraud, robbery, tax avoidance, and money laundering since it will be easy to track the movement of money and identify suspicious activity. The ECD will quicken the pace of Ghana's move towards a cashless or near cashless society. Ladies and gentlemen, to move towards a cashless economy, however, we have to encourage the population to use electronic channels of payment. To accomplish this, under my administration, there will be no taxes on digital payments. The E-11 will therefore be abolished. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, Thank you. Furthermore, to enhance transparency, I will cause to be published online details of all public contracts for public scrutiny. Ladies and gentlemen, in advanced economies, workers are able to easily access credit to purchase basic items such as televisions, cars, and houses. They are able to do so because the credit system works and it is supported by individualized credit scoring by credit rating agencies. In Ghana, a credit system 
is yet to develop and therefore life is harder for workers. It is my goal to make it easier and cheaper to access credit by leveraging on our data and systems such as the Ghana card, Ghana Post GPS, mobile money interoperability, DVLA, GRA, the bank accounts, and all those to build an efficient credit system and a mortgage market in Ghana underpinned by individualized credit scoring and the digitalization of land titling and transfer. We look forward to starting individualized credit scoring in Ghana this year and will make it easier for Ghanaians to access credit at lower interest rates. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe that as when it comes to a national development plan, I believe we can find broad contours of a national development plan for which we can find consensus in areas such as education, health, industrialization, environment, and so on. I will support a consensus national development plan. Specifically, I will propose to amend Article 87 of the 1992 Constitution, as well as the NDPC Act, Act 7479, to mandate political party manifestos and consequently economic and social policies of governments, as well as budgets, to be aligned to the agreed upon broad contours in specific sectors. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the current constitution was designed mainly for political stability, and it has achieved that. We need to amend it with the help of parliament to align it more for national development. In that context, I am committed to the process to amend the 1992 Constitution through extensive public consultation with key emphasis on issues such as ex gratia, the rights of dual citizens, elections of MMDCs to deepen decentralization, empowering institutions while reducing the power of the president. Ladies and gentlemen, I want a Ghana where we place an emphasis on values and doing the right things, with the human factor playing its appropriate role in curbing corruption, bribery, crime, dishonesty, and so on. A culture of governance founded on ethical values, transparency, professionalism, and meritocracy to create a modern government machinery that exhibits more intensity and determination to impose order, discipline, and enforce compliance of the rules and regulations that are in place. In this regard, we will have a strong partnership between government and faith-based organizations. The contribution of faith-based organizations, for example, the Catholic Bishops' Conference, the Christian Council, Pentecostal Council, and the Muslim Council in areas such as education, health, infrastructure, youth development, and so on is very significant and complements government's efforts. And so we are going to have them benefit 
from many of the incentives that we offer to some of our external development partners. Ladies and gentlemen, I will also have a major focus on policies, tax, and other incentives to increase private and public investment in tourism, the creative arts, and sports more jobs for more jobs creation. We will build on the year of return, beyond the return and December in Ghana. We will also introduce initiatives such as digital streaming platforms for our artists and tax incentives to make tourism and creative arts a growth pool. Tax incentives will also be provided for film producers and musicians to boost tourism and job creation, my government will implement an e-visa policy for all international visitors to Ghana to enable visas to be obtained in minutes subject to security and criminal checks. Ladies and gentlemen, sports is a multi-million dollar industry, an enabler for the youth. However, we have not realized our full sports potential and we cannot maximize the full potential of Ghana sports with the same funding model we have operated since independence. My government will therefore prioritize the creation of incentives for corporate sponsorship as a sustainable module of financing sports development and promotion of our national teams, including football, athletics, boxing at all levels. This will take the financial pressure of government and also enable government to redirect more support to other sports disciplines. My government, as part of a broad sports development mission, will establish the Ghana Sports Secretariat, which will be an agency under the ministry responsible for sports in collaboration with other such as the Ghana Education Service and Sports Federations. My government will also seek school-level collaboration with international sports bodies like the NBA and the NFL to make Ghana a hub for these emerging sports in Africa to create more opportunities for our young people. Ladies and gentlemen, we have already tried this with the NFL, the governing body for American football which agreed to host in Ghana in 2022, the first... <laughs> which, which agreed to host in Ghana in 2022, the first ever NFL flag football in Africa, after my engagement with them. This paved the way for 10 young Ghanaians to be selected to the United States to represent Africa in the global NFL tournament last year. Another set of young Ghanaians who were picked after the second NFL Africa football was also held in Ghana last year are currently in the United States to represent Africa. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to build a nation that cares for the interests of the poor and the vulnerable, like persons with disabilities, the aged, street kids, lepers, cerebral palsy patients, and so on, in collaboration with faith-based institutions and the private sector. 
My government will also focus on special needs. To start with, we will recruit special needs teachers on how to work with special needs students. We will also and informational therapy. Ladies and gentlemen, we have secured visa-free travel to a growing list of countries for the benefit of our citizens and businesses. However, the acquisition of passports by Ghanaians at home and abroad has continued to be difficult for many, even though it has significantly improved. So far, Ghana has about four... ...rolled on the Ghana card, which is also an e-passport. To make it easy for Ghanaians to obtain passports, under my government, any Ghana card holder will only have to pay a fee for a passport. You won't have to apply for a passport when you hold a Ghana card. If you are a holder, it is because the any candidate who is coming to help us in this country. Thank you, sir. So, if you, if you ask for your passport and pay for it, they can send it to your home using your digital address. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, a Baumia administration will also prioritize the full implementation of the Affirmative Action Act as should hopefully have been passed by January 2025. Under my government, free senior high school education will continue and we will...
So far, I have spoken about the economy. They contribute. My my in conclusion, the choice that into is between Vice President Baumia and former President Mahama. It is between them. If I have two other members.